You're listening to Mamir, the podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs with me, your host, Maddie Kelly. Each week, I dive deep in my interviews with successful founders to leave you with the tools necessary to build your dream lives. So get ready for some kick-ass advice. Happy holidays, pals. I'm so excited for today's episode. I literally moved around a bunch of episodes so I could specifically launch this one before the new year. And why? Well, I'm so glad you asked because today's episode is all about demystifying the goal setting process. This week before New Year's, but after Christmas, is the time to be setting your goals for 2024. You know, because like work is light, you're probably not doing much at home. It's just like the best time in terms of like downtime to be able to really think about this kind of stuff and make the effort to do it properly. I'm sure all of your favorite influencers have been talking about 2024 goal setting in some way shape or form. Personally I have always been terrible at long-term goal setting because I really just never understood how to a set effective goals and b create daily and or weekly habits to help build those goals and I mean this both professionally and personally but now with the podcast I really want to get better at thinking about this as my business and taking actionable strides to make it my dream job which is what this whole podcast is about. So today I'm sitting down with founder and fellow podcaster Sonia Gofea. She is an incredible resource for planning effectively. She is giving you guys bite-sized step-by-step plans for setting up your business for success in the coming year. Whether that's prepping for your next launch successfully or how to actually create tangible goals for your business. I personally left this interview feeling super illuminated and just like generally so excited to start my strategic planning for next year. And I hope that you guys had the same experience. Sonia and I also chat about the importance of storytelling and marketing. And we also dropped some hot tea about podcasting at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen all the way through. So tell me, Maddie, how did you find um, our podcast? Like, how did you come across um, Alana and myself? I can't remember if it was just, I feel like I found you guys through Instagram and mm-hmm. either it was because I was searching for like really cool entrepreneurs to reach out to, or you guys just happened to come up, like advertised to me through the algorithm. It was one of those two things. But when I saw your branding and everything, like I just, I knew I had to reach out. I was like, this is so like deliciously curated everything is pink so like it's already speaking to me Love and it. then um when I saw a couple of your guys' reels and I listened to an episode of the podcast I was like oh yeah like I definitely want to reach out that's awesome well it's good to know what we're doing is working so yes. that's awesome I love that and yeah thanks for the, the compliment because oh, yeah. we, work, we work really hard to try and yeah make everything like really digestible and you know appealing to connect with people because like you know, sometimes things get so overcomplicated or over-engineered. So, yeah, it's good to know that it resonated with you. And um, Ooh, definitely, we're definitely I feel like it will definitely. Yeah, I mean, it will resonate with like any of the girlies. I think. I think you know the vibes. You know what they want, and you're just giving the people what they want. Yeah, and like we 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 are them as well, right? Like, I think yeah. we sort of make no secret on um, our podcast. I think you know, similar to what you're kind of doing, it's like we're learning through meeting and talking to people and connecting and I guess you know we're just pressing record on the conversations and letting everyone else like listen to them yes but that's you know we're just kind of at the same stage we're learning so much of what we talk about on the podcast 
influences our own like business as well so you know one of my like recent ventures that I started which is Spring Street Style I have taken so many nuggets out of like speaking to all these different entrepreneurs and what worked for them and you know kind of learning from their mistakes and you don't realize how much like goodness is actually in podcasts like yeah, I definitely understand like the value for spending money on courses and there's certain skills absolutely that you need to master as an entrepreneur, like meta Facebook ads, like take my money, totally. I need to understand them. But like there's certain things that you can just gain so much from like learning and speaking to other people and connecting. So that's definitely something that's like overlooked and I see people just, you know, being so thirsty for knowledge. So definitely podcast is so untapped. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Uh, Anytime I interview somebody, I'm always learning something. And as much as this podcast, and I'm sure yours is too, is designed to help other people, selfishly, I learn so much. Like the other day, I interviewed a girl who's a professional organizer. And like, I, I had to talk to her, I had to reach out and I had to be like, I need you to tell me everything because like, what can I be doing better in my home? How can I be more organized? And like genuinely, selfishly, I want to learn from this person. And if that helps everybody else, then I love that. But like a lot of the times, a lot of these conversations come out of me just like purely selfishly being like, oh, I think this is a really interesting person. I really want to get to know them and learn from them and learn their stories. And like, I think podcasting is such a great tool in that way because you're just absorbing knowledge without even realizing that you're doing it. 100% totally and also like you know because we're based in in Australia so I'm in Sydney and Alana my co-host is in Melbourne I think like podcasting is probably as per usual like five years behind where you guys are in the states as well so like we're kind of getting to that point where it will sort of reach the next level like I think it's just so much more ingrained in the US and like cultural wise for learning and knowledge and just like another medium that people take advantage of but like here it's still just yeah coming out of its infancy I think really so you you think you guys have like positioned yourself in a really cool place to be able to like hit that first wave of like super big podcasts absolutely like I I think we're in a really good position to yeah just really make a dent in the podcasting world and then just all of the people that we're connecting with um yeah it's a really good opportunity like I don't think we're going to be you know like call her daddy kind of podcast here but like I think you know we, we definitely can do something really cool in like that entrepreneurial like business space um you yeah. know within Australia and, and our local market and New Zealand as well so yeah I'm, How did you I'm get excited there? to see how did what were like some of the major steps that took you guys to get there to allow you to be like in this position now? Um, well, uh, like uh, just taking risks, I think, is a big one, and like elite leaps of faith, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's really what sets like people who are in business and want to be in business apart, like those who kind of take the next step forward. It's like you're doing risks and calculated risks definitely um but also sometimes it is a a leap of faith right because you want to stand out and you want to be different so you kind of got to do something that other people are not doing so we started our business together so Alana and I co-founded um my founder hub 
which is also the Founder Hub podcast. So a bit of a mouthful there. Um, and really, we had come from our own business ventures, mm. um, different backgrounds. So Alana's background is like product development and my background is marketing. So like lots of really nice synergies and crossovers. Yeah. And, you know, I'd had started a couple of like my own side hustles, things like work, didn't work. Um, but I think I was always never putting a hundred and like ten percent of myself in there. Whereas when we kind of came together, we met on a business online coaching course. So always put yourself oh, out cool. there because you never know who you'll meet. Like it was just yeah. a chance and you know, we kind of clicked. And we knew that there was an opportunity to help other people sort of solve for a problem that we'd been facing. So in our own businesses, we'd always, you know, wanted to produce products and, you know, start new ideas and manufacture. But we'd always, you know, come to like, oh, you need like 10,000 minimum order quantities or just, you know, huge barriers. Like, first of all, who's going to pay for that? And then second of all, who's going to house that much product when you're just kind of dabbling in a a side hustle or an idea, right? Like, who's going to, where on earth are you going to put that? Because it definitely doesn't fit in my apartment, right? So. that's like we just wanted to help people and it kind of came out of that passion point right so really it's it's driven from like we know other people have been facing what we've been facing we spoke to so many people um at networking events I think that was kind of the nice timing of it we were just coming out of like COVID um which obviously you kind of can't go without mentioning most of the time these days um so it was great we were connecting and meeting with people and we're like you know what we're really we know we've got something. Um, and out of there, it, the agency side of our business was born. But so much of that connection and conversation that we learned from, we're like, we really want to do this as a podcast. And like, yeah. we're great at talking and having conversations and, you know, connecting. So yeah, that's kind of how we made the decision to to do a lot of this. And I will definitely say the podcast was uh, like a one afternoon idea I was like I'm so enjoying talking to people and connecting with people um, because in the course that we did so the online business um, course we did one of the you know challenges and asks was that every week you would connect with three different people over just like a, a coffee day per se so it was someone that you knew that was in your network was one of them and then another one was someone that you had to like totally reach out to like cold connection and just like you know whether it's set up like an in-person or a zoom or some kind of coffee date so I think that was really where the desire to connect and learn and just kind of keep that going came from because you know we thought if we're spending so much time and energy connecting with these people again selfishly we loved it but I was also like there's so many other people who are going to take something from this as well so yeah that was kind of how it all sort of sparked this journey that we're really on now for use of another cliche word and now interestingly after you came out with spring street i'm curious to know like did you answer your own questions about how to work with manufacturing minimum order quantities and stuff for your new business how did you work through that yeah so like that's such a good question because I don't think I would have launched or started this business in the way that I have like just 12 or 18 months ago. So, so many nuggets that I took from podcasts and meeting with people, I applied into the business. So from manufacturing, I think my biggest takeaway was everything is a negotiation. 
and if you don't mm. ask, you don't get. So I definitely made contact with a lot of suppliers. I did my own legwork. I guess I was my own client in a way um, and it, it was a new industry for me. So I was making contact with a lot of manufacturers for the first time. It wasn't anyone sort of our existing yeah. um, contacts that we have because a lot of what we do at the Founder Hub is really like beauty and apparel and clothing. So that was an interesting journey. Uh, I did lots of um, sampling and I definitely came across the like, oh, you need to order a minimum of like, you know, 5,000 of these or 2,500 and I'm like, what am I going to do with so much stock? Again, I don't have the space and I don't want to spend yeah. that much money on something that like I'm, I'm trialing. So totally. I I kind of, you know, went in, asked the question and went back and forth and, you know, we've gotten down to like a couple of hundred for, you know, colour styles um, and, you know, different different styles we wanted to launch. So, yeah, I, that was my biggest takeaway. Everything is a negotiation, um, whereas I definitely didn't have that mentality, say, you know, 18 months ago. So big, big learning yeah. that you can go in, ask the question, and they want to work with you. Ultimately, they want to do business mm -hmm. too. Uh, and they, you know, if you're working with a really good quality, reputable manufacturer, they're going to know that if they're doing a great job providing you a really good quality product, you're going to grow your business and your business with them is going to also grow. So we had a lot of those conversations, right. um, you know, what are we doing to start our business? So, you know, they don't do a lot in sort of Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, kind of really took them on the journey of what my vision was. So, yeah, I'm really lucky with who we've ended up and, yeah, super grateful to just have those really open and honest transparent conversations with them how did you find them through network also or did you like do some google research or something google research definitely lots of google research um i also you know like every kind of product entrepreneur sort of started out down the alibaba route um so i scouted a few mm. people there um but then i definitely went into well, cool. picking them up yeah, so I went into looking them up on Google because I'm very kind of hesitant with Alibaba. As you know, like a lot of the time you're sort of dealing with agents who, you know, sort of look after a couple of yeah. different manufacturers, et cetera. So it was, yeah, I didn't feel really trustworthy about just, you know, doing that. So I definitely ordered some samples um, from Alibaba and a couple of different people, but I kind of kept digging and digging, um, to find where they were originally, you know, coming from. And I ended up making just direct contact with the manufacturer and the factory themselves. Um, which is, that was going to be my question. Yes. Yeah, so I deal with them directly. Um, we speak on the WeChat, um, like very regularly. And I found that's, that's yeah. the best way to, to deal with them as well. So yeah, super responsive, um, and just cutting out going through a third party platform is, is really key. Totally. So yeah. And, and again, I, so much of that I learned in our own business and how we've sourced our own reputable manufacturers, because, you know, when you're working with clients, it's so important. Like you just cannot leave anything to chance and, you know, just ghost people that you're dealing with. So yeah, we, we definitely get down to the source for people um, because we also, you know, deal with a couple of people there. We, we are able to negotiate better again, you know, skills of learning along the way um, and getting better prices yeah. um, because we bring clients to them as well. So, you know, I guess that's kind of a, 
um, one kind of po- like positive and, and pro to dealing with um, someone like us as an agency um, that is acting for you um, because we sort of do it all the time. So we do have a little bit more leverage power with them. So for your agency, you guys help new businesses grow and start or do you help them like in specific areas? Yeah, so a bit of both in terms of starting but also expanding. So in terms of starting out, so if someone has an idea for a product, uh, we can definitely partner with them. Um, and I always say we sort of partner with them as an extension of their team, both from like a product development um, perspective and then also from a supply perspective because, you know, we deliver um, product to them um, wherever kind of their, their choice, obviously into a warehouse um, or just into their home and their garage, depending how and where they're starting off. So it's kind of a full end-to-end um, service that, that we offer in, in that perspective. Um, so. Yeah, we, we definitely try to help new businesses and then also for anyone who has an existing business but they want to expand into a new category, um, you know, different mm. formats, for example. So, you know, um, if they are, they do have a beauty brand but they want to start, you know, doing, you know, cosmetic cases, for example, or, you know, different beauty tools um, and it might sort of not be there bread and butter because you know they make serums or oils etc we can definitely help them you know extend and and look for someone to to grow sort of their ideas in that perspective as well so yeah we kind of cater to both of um businesses no matter where where they're at um and then yeah so we can also help them you know again sort of three 360 and, and take it to market as well so yeah we we love oh, cool. working with people and, again, being an extension of their team and their vision because, you know, ultimately what we want them to do is to sell that product and come back and reorder um, because we look after sort of that reordering process as well for them. That's cool. So you guys act as part of their team and you help them through the strategic process of either starting or expanding in a new market. You help guide them in terms of um, logistics of starting or ex- expanding into a new brand. So like if we take the example of someone who did serums and they want to go into hair care products or something, you help them like source manufacturers or labs and you help them through that process. Do you also help them th- with uh, like the marketing aspects? Not at the moment, it's not, um, but it is something we're, we're considering because we've had um, a couple of the clients we've taken on asked us if we can help them launch. So, um, you know, there's definitely a possibility to help create a, a launch plan and a strategy for them there um, so we can kind of support how they go to market. So, yeah, it's something we're probably going to look at expanding in 2024, which is around the corner at the moment. So, yeah, we'd love to help them. That's that's awesome. Um, you have a lot of experience going to market and I think go to market strategies are so interesting to me because it's like you've put so much work in on the back end and now you want to have a successful launch. Do you have any advice for people who are going to market? Like what strategies do you recommend that they employ any like do's or don'ts that are on the top of your list? Yeah, that's a really good question. And look, it it will probably vary and you need to tailor it slightly depending on what, you know, product industry you're launching. But in terms of, you know, what works and what doesn't, 
you know, you can't kind of have this conversation without talking about social media, definitely, of course. Mm. Um, for me, what makes a memorable brand that connects is definitely showing up and showing your face in some way or other. I know that there's so much apprehension around doing this and even I cringe at myself sometimes. But, you know, if you're sort of connecting with that, you know, one person to start with and then, you know, one becomes 10 and 100, etc. If you've never started, you're not going to grow. So I think that's something that we all brands that are memorable and do well. Like there is always someone who's showing up and, you know, yeah. You can see the passion that they have in their brand and the products that they create. I think that's definitely so important. Um, One thing that I have implemented um, in my recent launch is PR. Um, The value and importance that you get out of that launch, you never get your launch opportunity back. And that was something that I learned along the way, definitely from the podcast, you know, that new news, that hype and that excitement from your product and from you yourself because, you know, PR is a story that you're telling, like both of those, I think are, are so key. Um, so for, for us, we're definitely focusing on PR within Australia and then also a little bit into New Zealand because we do deliver into New Zealand and that's a um, kind of sit, obviously makes sense for us being, you know, based here. So really important we literally I think started um about a week or two weeks ago with what we're doing and you know seeing some you know results already coming through so I would definitely advise you don't need to spend a lot of money you don't need to get an agency so many great freelancers and people that have connections or that are starting their own businesses out that you can also use so don't just kind of think of it as like oh I've got to go to an agency really you know different clever smart more affordable way to do things so you know that that's another kind of way to to go about that um and then you know definitely think about like what your digital presence is so your website is so important like you know make sure you're using like Shopify your website is like easy to navigate your descriptions are spot on your photography is great I invested you know a bit of money in getting great photography for Spring Street you know how you tell your story through a campaign through video in your website is so important because if you know social platforms disappear or the Instagrams go down you know your website is always going to be a hub that people come to yeah. Um, whereas you don't necessarily own those followers and those people who, you know, like your page, et cetera. So that's yeah. definitely kind of a, a key top three for me. Um, and I was going to say definitely special mentions for even within socials. I have not gotten to TikTok yet, but the power of that platform, I'm definitely a consumer of it because I'm just like learning so much about it. Um, it just can't be overlooked. Again, it's got to be right for your product and your market because, you know, not everything yeah. may necessarily work on, on TikTok, but I think that's really important. Um, and then the last one is emails. I'm doing this myself mm. and working with someone to help, like help me, help guide me. But the power of having your email flows and your website set up properly is so important you know having people come to your website capturing their details how you connect with them you know they're already a warm lead customer it is so much more affordable 
to keep that customer and to regain them again than it is to, you know, find those new customers if you're doing, you know, sort of cold ads. So um, that totally. is something that I'm learning so much about. And, you know, depending on sort of who you listen to, most of your sort of sales, you know, if you've got like an online e-com store, about 30 to 50% of your sales should actually be coming from, you know, your database. Um, so, yeah, you really need to leverage that. So. Those are definitely yeah. a couple of like sound bites of things that we're doing. Again, I've got a list as long as my arm of things that I need to do, and like you know, the, equally the idea is to, to kind of take it to where where I want it to be. Um, yeah, but it, it's so important that you just pick a few and that you do a really amazing job with them, um, and that's how you kind of start to create those memorable interactions with you know, your customers and how they, you know, come to you via whether, you know, it's socials or email or your website, what you really want to do is you want to make sure that you just make such a banging impression no matter where they come to you from. Where? Yeah. I think a couple of things that you said were really interesting. And one of them, like if you have somebody's email, you have a customer. And if you can wow them consistently with quality email newsletters or campaigns of some sort, like if you can provide real value in that space, I think you're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else because most of the time people are so inundated in their emails and like they don't really care to look. But if you can get eyes in that space that care and actually like click through, I think that's a major win because that demonstrates like really great customers. And I'm also a little bit curious to know too, what exactly your PR strategy looked like because this is something that I'm also still learning and like what specifically were you guys doing ahead of the Spring Street launch? Yeah that, that's a really good question um, again because we sort of built this together um, with our um, PR partner so we're focusing on on two things for for Spring Street so Number one is, you know, the product and the story that the product um, shares. So, you know, it very much in terms of our first launch is focused on, you know, that younger market. So we're focusing on like kids, tweens, teens, uh, and that's definitely the nature of, you know, the color schemes we've gone um, for and the products that we, we are launching. So, again, our products are really versatile you can kind of you know use our our pouches for you know anything from like makeup travel um but we're pitching them at the moment as like great sort of pencil cases for back to school and I guess just for context because we are in Australia and our seasons are different our back to school timing is um end of January beginning of February so that's when the school year um, starts so I guess it's perfect timing for Christmas um, and then the, the kind of back to school season is just during January so that was a big influence in terms of what I launched with um, initially and so that's a lot around the storytelling that it is you know great for back to school organization customization personalization you know all you know really great things that resonate with that market and also with parents it's functional so yes we obviously want them mm-hmm. to have that um, desirability and you know my girlfriend has it my friend has it and I sort of you know I, I want the same pencil yeah. case to school um but for parents it's very much that functional message too so that's kind of what we're starting with with our product and then you know there is a, a part of that strategy that is also linked to me and my background um you know 
my experience in marketing, my experience with my founder hub and a podcast as well, and then how that translated into this business that I have launched. So those are kind of the, the two big parts of our strategy and what we're focusing on. Uh, so, yeah, and just trying, as I said, you know, PR is very much about connecting with stories. I know I speak to people and they're just like, I want my product mentioned in like Vogue or a magazine. Like I just want my product. But, you know, I think people need to just take it like one one layer down and why would people connect with your product? Like why would people buy your product over a competitor's or, or anyone else's? So just, you know, like anything at the moment, it's so important to really tell that story and what, you know, customers are, are connecting with. So, yeah, I'm really excited. As I said, it's very early days for um, our PR, but we're starting to see some, you know, really good um, kind of like green shoots and interest come through. So, yeah, kind of watch this space in the next month or two. I just want to know what kind of tools you give to your clients to help them with storytelling. Because like for me, um, you know, thinking about marketing the podcast, etc., like growing a social media community around it. How, like, what what tools do you give your clients to help them get better at telling stories around their product or service? Yeah. I love that question um, because everyone will, will do it differently um, based on, you know, again, product category, how comfortable they are um, getting in, in front of the camera. So, you know, one of the things um, and one of the tools that we learned really early on is, you know, break down what your own story is um, and like we mean very much like going back to who are you, what do you stand for, how does your business link into that as well um, because, yeah. you know, there is such a deep connection to what you end up doing and why, etc. So I think having all of that, um, you know, written out and well thought yeah. through they kind of start to create their own stories. Um, you realize really quickly. So, you know, we're able to um, guide people and unpack their own story. So um, I guess quite recently, uh, Maddie, through through the podcast, um, we've had a couple of people approach us for like coaching and, and mentoring. So we have been doing this with a few clients who are building their own businesses and going into brand new categories and they're really lost in terms of like this is who I am as an everyday person because they're sort of starting it as a side hustle and then this is this business that I want to launch in and we're just like so polar opposite like how do I do the leap from you know me every day to to this and and really it's it is that story like understanding who they are clearly why they wanted to do this business and then you know you can start to really build content um around mm. it and you know again obviously socials lends itself really perfectly for this and you know not just the usual like instagram facebook but also like linkedin and tiktok like there's so many different platforms that you can position yourself um and almost just evolve into telling that story um, because it, it does, it takes time and you've got to plant the right seeds. So those are, are definitely key things that, that we advise. Um, and, you know, learning how to use Canva and creating beautiful 
and and I don't mean like aesthetically beautiful content. I mean like just great content that's like educational, that like cuts through, that resonates, that you're like so super proud of. That's you know what you need to start building and just start planting those those seeds, right? So yeah, that's really important. And people, as I said, like they'll tell their story in different ways. Um, you know, some people might want to sort of jump straight into like launching and then telling their story. Other people sort of build that community and that audience um, and they've just got a little bit more of like a traction um, with kind of building it behind them. So it just, it really depends what you feel comfortable with. Um, But as long as you sort of know your story and then where you want to go, I think, yeah, having those goals um, is also like equally important because you've got to know roughly where you're going like the map will change of how you get there but if you know where you're roughly aiming to I think that really kind of helps to build that content and those stories could you give some examples of like what okay potentially let's say for example like you're a new beauty brand and you're launching what kind of goals should you be setting around launch like what are those what do those look like yeah, I, I think that is so important because sometimes we get carried away with all like, you know, the shiny objects of like, you know, launching a new business and you kind of forget on launch night when you're going live, what is it exactly that that you want to launch? So something that I did was as small or big as it might be, just like take the time to, you know, I sort of just started like a, a Google sheet of like, you know, how many products do I want to launch? How much are they going to, you know, cost me? How much money am I actually making out of that? And equally, like, how much money am I going to spend on this, you know, launch in particular? You know, am I doing some socials? Am I doing content? Am I doing some paid ads? Like, I think it's just so important to document those as goals. And then also equally into the numbers, because you start to get an understanding of like, okay, I, I totally reckon I can launch, you know, I can sell 10 in my first, you know, day, launch, mm. you know, first day I go live. I can sell 100. And it just kind of gives all of, you know, the effort and what you're working so hard for, like a bit more tangibility. Um, so I found that that worked for me, um, just having a bit of a, a template. Um, like my husband's an accountant, yeah. so he's very helpful in a, keeping me accountable with my numbers because I'm a marketer. So I'm sort of on the other, like spending yeah. return and, you know, investing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's really good at like helping me, helping me through that. Cause I, I can easily get away with like the shiny stuff. So it is important to totally. know your numbers and, and keep on track. So yeah, big thing, write those down. Again, it doesn't matter how small or big they are. Like, you know, no brand started by launching you know a million products on like their first day on their first go so it's it's also just really satisfying to keep that all documented because you're going to be in such a different position in six months 12 months and five years time and just being able to kind of see that evolution you know it's it's just it's grounding and also it kind of helps you see the progress that you've made because sometimes we're so deep in the stage we're at we don't see how far we've come Yeah, I think I really want people to understand what a first launch really looks like because on social media, you follow a girl with 125,000 followers. She's launching a new product because she's been a successful creator for a long time and now she's coming out with her first product. And so her first launch, she's 
you know, posting a social media Instagram story showing her product page and it's like the lines are going everywhere and she's like oh my gosh I'm so thankful love you guys so much you know and then it's like that is not what most people's first launch looks like and I think it's so important to to not just like understand that that probably isn't what your first launch is going to be like but I think around goal setting realistically and also aspirationally like I'm not saying you know like say you're only going to sell five if you really want to sell a hundred, if you think you can sell a hundred, but more like being intentional about that first launch, really setting up, like you said, a template of how you want it to go. So then that way you do feel satisfied when you've hit those goals. Absolutely. And I think you just said it so well, because like, we do live in this kind of false economy of, you know, someone's a content creator and they, you know, post whatever wellness like content. And then all of a sudden they're kind of launching some like wellness vitamin and like, my sales are going wild and like thanks so much guys I love you and like you know yeah that's great and like equally I don't want to discount that because I'm sure that content creator has been like working so hard and they've you know totally. built their following and they have built their community for so many years in the background they're just like their product business <clears throat> part of me is starting at a really different point in their journey exactly. um but I I do think there's probably something to learn from those content creators mm. in the sense of, you know, if you're not afraid to put yourself out there, you know, they start building the hype, they're dropping hints, they're, you know, taking you behind the scenes. Like there's so much content that they are sharing. Um, and as I said, you know, you might only start out with like five of your friends that are, you know, probably in your target audience caring, but those five friends We'll share it with, you know, another five that are probably in your target audience too. So there's, there's so much that you can take from them and you can start building your community and resonating because, you know, in five years' time, you might be doing a launch that's equally going to 150,000 people yeah. and you could be in the same position. So I, I really do think there's a lot to learn from, you know, those content creators that are starting yeah. further down the line as well, that, you know. Yeah. It's almost just to me, it's one of the things that I love about creators is it's just a different business strategy. All you're doing is you're just starting out by building the community and then you launch a product where a lot of the times you start with a product, you launch, and then you build a community around that product. So like at the end of the day, you're both getting to the same place. It's just about where you want to spend your time initially. So like most creators spend their time making content, building a community building that trust with the people that follow them. And then through that, they have a unique ability to do a lot of market testing. They can really understand whether or not this is something that their followers want, and then they can provide them with exactly what they want. And it's a very unique way to build a business. And I think it's super smart. And I think if you're willing to invest the amount of time that that takes, because sometimes it takes years to get there, like your first launch will um, and undoubtedly be successful because you have 125,000 people waiting in line to buy something from you. But if you want to go about it a different way and you already have a product idea, but you don't have a massive amount of followers, there's another option for you to go to, which is the one we were discussing before, which is like set up a template, understand what you want from in terms of goals from this launch specifically. And I'm really glad that you broke it down for us and you helped us understand like what exactly should be in those goals because 
otherwise it's sort of this ambiguous thing where you're like, well, I want to sell stuff on my first launch. You're like, I want a bunch of people on my website and I want it to be successful. But like, what does success mean to you at this stage in your business is going to be different than somebody else in a different stage of their business? Absolutely. And I think we have to be realistic with ourselves to write it down and to own it and and articulate it. Like whatever that looks like, as I said, whether it's 10 products or a hundred products, like it's your version of success and, you know, where you kind of take it is, is limitless, right? It's like the beauty of, of owning your, your business. But yeah. And again, like there's so much power in writing down goals. I think, you know, there's that kind of that golden stat that if you write it down, you're like, you know, five times more likely to actually go back and achieve it and you look at it and it's real. Um, and then I think that just kind of doubles again, if you're actually writing it into like a pen and a paper versus just like writing it into like your, your laptop. So I, I can't stress enough. Like I'm just, I'm a list write organization person and that just always sticks with me when I write something down to to see it through and to get it done. So it, yep. it is really important to document where you start because you, you can't you can't measure where you're going without having that starting point. Um, and again, for me, that was really important, not only on how many units I wanted to sell, but also, you know, what my product, what my margins were and how much profit mm. I'm actually going to make from this. Like, I think, you know, you you invest a lot of money up front. So it's not profit in the sense of, oh, I'm pulling money out of my business tomorrow because you're just continuously investing in your business for a while. <laughs> yeah. But you need to know exactly how much. Yeah, it takes a while to kind of get to that stage. So, but you need to know exactly how, like what your like reward for effort is for, for what you're doing. Mm. So, and, and that's kind of key. Yeah, I like that, that term reward for effort. I think that's important in the early stages because I think it's very illuminating early on, like how, you know, how your market is receiving your product, whether it's going well or not. And to be realistic about the fact that it will take time to potentially like have a profitable business. And like, that's not a bad thing. You look at a company like Uber and they were only profitable like a couple of years ago. So there is a lot of opportunity to not necessarily to, to continue to like even just break even, but to get to that point and to say from the very beginning, okay, here's where I am. Here's what I've invested in my business here is what I'm looking for out of the first launch, being realistic about that and saying, you know, how much quote unquote profit or reward for effort do I want to get from this, from this stage of the business. And then even saying like, you know, how, and then calculating based off of that first launch, I feel like is really smart to be like, okay, you know, if we continue on this trajectory, you know, based off of the launches that I have planned down the line, you know, three or four launches from now, where will we be? And what, projected rate can we potentially become profitable or whatever goal makes sense for you and side note i'm really glad that we're having this conversation right now because it is goal setting season with the holidays and like once you know that sweet spot after christmas before new year's when everybody's not working and you have all this time to just think about what you want the next year to look like and what kind of goals you want to be setting so I think this is just like the perfect time to be discussing this particular episode. Um, so then that way, like people can really start to think about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here right now and I'm like, I have to reschedule everything because this episode has to come out. 
before New Year's. So then that way yeah, people can hear this. Because <laughs> I think this is important. And honestly, like goal setting uh, and Alana and I do it at, at our business for um, my founder hub and having like strategy days for the year ahead. But then I also quite like to do them for each quarter. So we like to do like 90 day mm. plans. Uh, and it's something that I carry into um, Spring Street because as like you know, we were just talking, if you don't have like a map or a vision of where you're going, it's definitely not going to happen. So 24 and then what am I going to do each quarter to like help me get there? It's really, it just breaks it down into those like bite size, like actionable steps that you can do. Um, so I'm huge and my like as you kind of nailed it because like my in-between like really awkward quiet period like after like Christmas between New Year's where like no one knows what they're actually supposed to be doing with their life because it's awkwardly quiet yes like yes like I was just like write it down like pull out a diary um I'm still like a big like paper journal and paper diary um I just I don't know love pen and paper and I've always loved a diary so we do still have that good or bad habit um so it's just like pull it out and it doesn't have to be set in stone like I tell you most of the time I'm writing it in like pencil because you rub it out you start you change Mm. plans but you know you've kind of got to have that starting point to to know what you're doing so like 100% get out like piece of paper and and just just do it so yeah it's it's important I'm so curious to know what your guys' strategy sessions look like, because this is something that I'm struggling with right now for the podcast. Like, I know that I'll be taking that week to to do goal setting for my personal life and then also for my professional life. And this right now is my side hustle, but it's what I wanted to to become, like, my full-time job. And to think about strategy for the next year is a little bit overwhelming. Like, I'm not exactly sure what areas to hone in on, how I should be breaking it down. And like looking at what I have now is, is, is easy because I can just look at what I have now. But it's like, how can I be setting realistic goals for myself in the future? I'm not really sure where to go with that. Yeah. Um, look, it's hard. And I, I think you can't, like, if you don't know where you're going, that's definitely a, a challenge or you don't know where you want to take it. I would probably say, you know, look at people that are maybe further along in the journey than you are. Like if, if podcasting is like where you want to go, um, you know, where are they at? How have they built those businesses mm-hmm. and what could be realistic for you um, to do in the next 12 months? I always say, you, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And, you know, we live in a world where so like people are sharing and they're letting us into their world so try and find that person that you get inspiration from and that you aspire to be there's absolutely nothing wrong with having someone to to look up to and you know just get guidance and inspiration from I think that's that's really powerful um but you know if you do have a list of goals and ideas uh you know even just like a revenue goal that that you want to get to how does that actually translate into products, campaigns, activities in and do it quarter by quarter? Like, I don't know, for me, there's just kind of a magic of like 90 days, very much like ingrained into like my marketing background and, you know, calendars that you, you know, you've got and how you work with. So it's just part of how I approach things now. Um, mm. But, you know, what are the different channels and what are you doing in those different channels? Um, Again, I'm happy to sort of share a bit of a a base template that I use and um, I, you know, 
definitely share with a couple yeah. of um, our mentoring and, and coaching clients too. So, um, yeah, if it's going to be helpful for people, it's just a super basic skeleton to just really inspire people to, to get thinking right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's so helpful. Cause I mean, even just that initially is like really illuminating and it does help me, I think like point in the right direction. Cause you're right. Like I know vaguely where I'd like to be. I'd like to get this to a point where it's paying my bills and like we get to make this full time, but those intermediate steps to get there and then thinking about it on a quarterly basis. I've never, I've never worked in that way, but I know everybody else does. And like, my full-time job obviously works in that um, that schedule. And I think thinking about it that way even helps to further break down into manageable times. Because like for me personally, I do monthly goals and like monthly habits that I'm trying to build and keep. And then like in my personal life, so it's something as small as like my workout, personal vests and things like that throughout the month, but to then apply them in 90 day cycles for the business is where I need to start moving. And like, I think it's just honestly all for me, like about learning more applicably how to run a business. It's just not something I'm super familiar with. I've obviously never done it before and like learning these cycles or how to properly goal set for a business and like how to strategize for a business. These are all something that I've been, that I've thought about and I've been like, oh, you know, one day I'll do that. But like what that actually looks like is something that I'm still learning. So I, I appreciate your insight in this because it's already helping to like illuminate some of this sort of stuff that's just been in my mind and like in the ether. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and look, it, it's something that I think as business owners, we like learn to do and we get better at because I it kind of goes back mm -hmm. to you know whether you're like working on your business and in your business and you very much do both when you're first starting out um it's just the nature of you know being an entrepreneur um whether you're yeah. doing it like with a co-founder or just looking after so many different areas of your business but working on your business and just being able to elevate yourself out of the day-to-day -day, um whether you're you know answering emails or trying to schedule you know more interviews for the podcast it's like literally just taking like 45 minutes out of the hour to be like what does you know whether it's next year or next quarter like look like and mm -hmm. you know what are two things that that I can do um and then maybe like check in on those two things in like a fortnight um in between all of the stuff that you're sort of doing when you're in running of the business. So I find that kind of helps a little bit. Like we definitely, I wish we, I was able to dedicate way more time, but when you're so in it, you can't, but just like take little chunks of time to start building those habits. Because once you build your business as you want to, to that, you know, full-time level, being able to do that more is where you're going to see those opportunities like continue to kind of expand and open for you more and more. Yeah. And like where I'm at now, I feel like I'm enjoying the journey of the learning experience and like kind of taking it slow in that like more meaningful, I think becoming an overnight success would be incredibly overwhelming because like to your point, like my strategies are not in place. My processes are not in place. Like 
I have not had any experience and taking the time, you know, every single day, even if it's just in 45 minute chunks to build that habit and to get into the mindset of running a business this way is going to be so much more helpful in the long run because it sets you up for a strong foundation and you're not just like running around with your hair on fire because you've had the time to learn through experience. Honestly, like that, that is the biggest, like absolute biggest nugget um, right there, Maddie. You need <laughs> like as much as we all hate and cringe, but we need to like make mistakes. Like we need to stuff up and you need to be like, oh, won't be doing that again. Like that's a learning. Yeah. Because you know what? Someone down the track is going to come and tell you like, oh, we should do this or we should do that. And you're going to be like, no, I've tried that and it didn't work. And that's how you build your confidence, mm-hmm. your own like, you know, and, and credibility as well by just learning. And like all of those people who are overnight success, they've like opened and run 10 businesses and they failed and sucked at them. That's why they yeah. have the overnight success because they learn from it and they're implementing it. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head for me. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And I think this is something that maybe in my, maybe get since I'm getting on in years now and I'm learning and I'm getting older and like the more you are not. years <laughs> go by, I know, <laughs> the more the time goes by, the more I'm sort of just learning to enjoy the process. Like a year ago, I was like, I got to get thousands of followers tomorrow. Otherwise, like I'm not successful. And I think that leads to a lot of confusing messaging for your marketing because you're just trying everything, which I think you should try lots of different things. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think if you are trying, if you have an idea that you want and you're trying to make that successful and you are just out there, like trying to skip steps or not enjoying the journey and enjoying the process and all of those learning lessons that come within that. I think that people will see that and it won't resonate with them as opposed to as an entrepreneur, when you have the mindset of I'm just, I'm here, I show up every day and I do what I need to do every day. And I learn every day. It has such a different appearance externally that I think people tend to resonate with more. Like they're, I feel like it's easier for people to get behind you and to root for you as opposed to the alternative. I I absolutely agree. You can, even though, you know, social media is a a small snippet of what people share with you and let into, um, let you into their world, you can tell the difference with someone who is real, is authentic and, passionate about their business and like what what they're actually building uh, versus someone who is coming from a place of disorganization not passion um, not passionate or Mm -hmm. you know you know desperation etc like you can very quickly identify that in in the people that you follow so yeah it, it just comes from a completely different way and people connect and resonate so um so differently to those types of um you know entrepreneurs or people they follow and admire yeah i i'm really looking forward to it because it's you know christmas is only a couple weeks away now and so i'm really excited to sit down during that time and like really think about 
what I want the next quarter to look like. And then like working backwards from there to set up daily, weekly tasks, goals, et cetera, to align with that and help to build it. And, you know, takeaway from today is really enjoy the journey because that it's a never ending one. It's one that's always happening. And it's at whatever stage of business you're at is still a journey. And like, there is no destination. And I feel like you're a great example of that. You have started so many things that have grown and like allowed you to get to where you are now. And it's it's so interesting because, you know, you've had my, my founder hub for a while, you have the podcast, and then now you have a new business and there's always something to learn from there. And there's always like more journey to be had. Yeah. And yes, thank you. Very kind of you. And, and I have learned so much along the way. Like I've had things that didn't work as well. And I think that's what people need to be conscious of. Like, you know, people curate what they want you to see and, and believe, but it's because I failed and learned from things that didn't work that I am able to sort of, you know, to look back and continue to grow on it. Um, and I think one thing, Maddie, is like we're so scared sometimes as much as, you know, we love the behind the scenes, but we're scared to let people really in on the behind the scenes. So, you know, take them on that journey of what you're building and wherever mm-hmm. you're you're going for, you know, this kind of next stage of, of your chapter chapter like don't be afraid to really show people like you know like I was out yesterday all day at a 40 degree day I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit I'm gonna guess like over 102 just based on like yeah rough rough conversion at a Christmas market because it is the middle of summer here because (laughs) like I knew there was going to be like the right target market the right people there and you know even if I wasn't selling or making money like I was handing out flyers and I was telling everyone about my brand and what I've launched and you know who I am like that stuff like isn't necessarily the sexy stuff or the hustle stuff but it's real and we have to like let people in on that because it's what's gonna move your business forward yeah totally I I think that's you know like I think I might get off and make like a quick TikTok after we chat because uh, I've been really busy with the podcast, which is great. And I'm so grateful for that, for that, um, that attention that it's been getting in terms of requests for interviews. And like, it's exactly what I wanted. Like it's exact could best case scenario. But at the same time, I, st- I was starting to feel burnout because I was having like six podcasts scheduled a week. And like, I was doing them right after work, or I was wow. doing them on the weekends, like two or three on the weekends. And it was like, I went to my facial yesterday. And my lovely facialist was like, let's just not talk for this duration. Cause normally she and I chat and she was like, let's just not, let's just not talk. And she just let me like fully die on the table and like become in a coma. And I, it wasn't until she let me do that that I really realized just like how tired and how like burnt out I was being. And I was like, whoa. You know, so like this is probably this is why I'm telling you the stories because I'll probably go and make a TikTok about this now because it yes. is part of the journey and it is like about as real as it gets. Yeah, and so you sometimes you don't even realize, like you probably didn't realize yeah. like just how exhausted you were from talking and you're like, I just have no more words like left in the tank. Like just let me be for the next hour, please. So, you know, yeah. it, it's good. You, you need self-care like I know it is a very overused and hyped word but like yeah definitely you know let yourself like fill up 
over the holiday period because you know if you like there's so much to do in like a big 2024 you you've got to be ready and and set for it and you can only see that when you step away from things and you know you stop using your words and you can sometimes build I think from an empty mind yes 100 percent, and it's like it just made me realize that I needed to have better systems in place during the week to support all the work that I'm doing. Cause I, I like to, I'm, I pride myself on the fact that I'm like a pretty good with self-care. Like I exercise on a regular basis. I do all the things that you're supposed to do, but I think it's also important to remember mm-hmm. that as things change, so does your structures need to change to continue to support you. So like you know, as, as great as you think you might be, it's true. Sometimes you don't realize, and you're just pushing through until somebody gives you the space and is like, why don't you just maybe not speak for an hour and a half and like, see how you feel afterwards. And then you're like, (laughs) "Woo, yeah, there's like something, something has to change here. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my. And stop doing six podcasts like a week. That's insane. That's crazy. Wow. It was wild. It was, it was crazy. (laughs) I was like, maybe, maybe this is like, I feel tired after two. Yeah, I well, it's so interesting because it's like I love doing this, and it and like especially great conversations leave me feeling energized. So I was like, oh yeah, like six podcasts, but not not every single one is like this, where it's you know we're we're going back and forth and we're vibing and we're learning. Like it's not always this way, you know. And sometimes those ones are harder than others, and you just never know what you're going to get sometimes until you start talking, and then yes, suddenly like you know, two, a week goes by and I'm deceased. I love that you like articulated in that way. Cause it's so true. Like some are just require so much more of you than others. And if you don't like, if you don't vibe or if you just sort of don't flow off each other, or sometimes we've had tech that just like doesn't work in our favor, it, it's just so much oh, like- harder and you feel really drained and exhausted afterwards. And just, it's hard to kind of get other people to understand that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is, this is a great episode for the people who are listening because you are getting insight into what it's like to be a podcast interviewer and interviewee in like a way that I don't think that a lot of people chat about, at least not the podcast that I listen to. Don't ever talk about this. So I think it's uh, I think this is a good place for us to close because I, we just dropped some hot tea. So let's, let's drop the, drop the bomb and then like run away. Done. I love it. It was so good, Maddie. Honestly, like, yeah, this was so fun and we definitely vibed. It was awesome energy. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All the links to Sonia's social and websites are in the show notes. Make sure you're following me wherever you're listening to this podcast because I will be interviewing Elena, who is the other half of my founder hub in the coming year. So if you want more from me and Mamir, follow me on social media at Mamir the Podcast. I also have a YouTube channel under Maddie Kelly if you want to watch the podcasts and or stay up to date with my life. You can connect with me on Instagram and check out my website, mamir.imk, for my contact info, partnership opportunities, and key takeaways on all the episodes. And lastly, if you want to be featured in the Check the Review series on the podcast, comment your question in the reviews or send them to me on Instagram, whatever, and I will happily answer them at the end of the episodes. See you guys next week.